The Nearlies. The name given to the recipients of a powerful enchantment made out of a combination of legends and curses concocted by the Grand Wizard known as Marzengoa the Redeemer. This magic was long thought to be too dangerous to employ, and so was sealed into several sacred apple trees, hidden away at the corners of many worlds. However, now, after the near apocalypse of the 20th Midnight, the powers have reconsidered. The traumas of the 20th Midnight in the world above finally broke a long-standing barrier, and unspeakable creatures of unknown origins have spilled into the lands of Un. These beasts, known as the Glorious, caused terrible destruction in only a few hours, and were only swept away by emergency measures taken by the joint efforts of the First Beings, the Circle of Wizards, and the Gods and Demiurges themselves, who in turn were bought time for this undertaking by the combined efforts of the Guild of Heroes and the realm's greatest adventuring party, the Damsels, at a terrible battle known as Last Stand. This battle saw the overnight near extinction of heroic adventurers, and so, in desperation, the Guild of Heroes harvested the sacred apples from Mars and Goa's trees, gifting them to those they could find willing, or those who could be coerced. Specifically, they were given to story folk who had missed their original opportunity to be heroes through twist of fate or failure of character. These sacred curses would be theoretically resistant to the corrupting powers of the Glorious due to the dark nature of their magic, and would quickly amass great power due to the nature of the legends wove into these enchantments. Our story has followed the Nearly's adventures, trials, and usual triumphs. Gwendolyn Evangeline Clute, a massive manatee chimerite, granddaughter of a legendary healer, Ninian Clute, who, though she so badly wanted to heal, wound up unintentionally hexing many members of her community with painful or disfiguring ailments. Gwen's failure to become a healer was due to the overprotective nature of her obsessive grandmother and her unwillingness to acknowledge the black magic within her. Now Gwen is a burgeoning witch of the wilds, never far from her beloved familiar Todd, and is quick to sunder most things in her way with blasts of crackling verdant lightning. Valeriana Vaccarell escaped her fascist family, who coveted her power to master the will of nature with the help of friendly pigeons, rats, and roaches. Val is young for a mortal, let alone the thousand-year lifespan of an elf, and is pugnacious, quick to anger and quicker to defend the downtrodden. She has taken up the mantle of the Red Hood, in the spirit of the girl who strayed from the path, and has begun to display great cunning and guile, as well as affinity for, and the ruthlessness of, wolves. Senator Brisbane was recently dead. His first adventuring party, self-including, suffered a total party kill, TPK in industry terms. Xenator and his party were doing battle with cultists, who it now has become clear were part of a group preparing the way for the Glorious's arrival. In a moment of panic and unable to accept defeat at the hands and dark magic of the cultist's enigmatic leader, known only as Cabal, Xenator invoked the power of the very amulet they were trying to keep out of Cabal's hands. 
and destroyed the city of Abernathy in the process. Possessed by dark magic, Xenator defeated the cultists, but caused massive destruction in the process, his rampage only stopping when his brother cut his head off. He now, risen by a necromancer named Cassettia, or at least what she could find, uh, stitched back together, seeks to guide the group in the tradition of wizards of old, though he keeps his traditional wide hat low to mask his dead flesh. He only hopes his brother survived the fallout. Queen Lavaline Crest has spent the past decades trapped in a forced marriage by good King Dem of Deladradorn. After he found her bathing within a waterfall, a ritual all swan maidens must undertake to keep their magical swan feather cloak enchanted. He imprisoned her within his castle and within the bonds of marriage, using her as a beautiful and rare trophy. Long years seething with anger and frustration were relieved when a small impish man emerged from a door that appeared in her chamber wall one night when he offered her a deal. A potion that would render her husband, usually a powerful Eldblood king, totally at her mercy. His price, the egg in her belly. Lavaline accepted, tortured the location of her cloak out of her husband, and fled into the night, escaping with the help of a servant of the First Circle, a man named Friedel, in exchange for her accepting another bargain. Simply eat this enchanted apple. Martin Sirk is a shape-shifting amnesiac. No one has any idea how he got sorted in with the others, not even the leaders of the Guild of Heroes who commissioned the rest of the Nearlies to be created. The woman who acted as early mentor to these strange individuals, though, a legendary hero named Sarah Lynn Applejack, the woodcutter's daughter, who twice saved the world, vouched for him after traveling to the Sacred Tavern among his company. Her word holds a lot of weight, especially after she sacrificed her life to seal away the evil of Clasped Hands, a glorious rook who had escaped whatever magic had imprisoned his brethren. This beast was encountered deep beneath the foundations of the sacred temple of inns and taverns, Faritol's premier launching pad for new heroes, which is currently desperately churning out adventurers at a breakneck pace. After successfully slaying and sealing a glorious beast, even a lesser one, the Guildmaster of the Hall of Heroes has now entrusted the Nearlies with a very important task. He has reason to believe that the damsels, Varitol's greatest heroes, are alive and somehow stranded, likely within pocket realities and sub-dimensional tunnels that the Glorious use to traverse the realms. He has given the Nearlies what few leads he has and entrusted them with this most vital of tasks. The group, however, mourning the loss of their friend and mentor Applejack, were not keen to be sent on errands, and things very nearly came to blows with the insensitive and seemingly emotionless skilled master. The Nearlies have now traveled by magical tunneling tree, owned by a powerful wizard named Izarazel whom they have befriended, to the Grimwood, a land of old stories and dangerous curses, where their lost friend Applejack hailed from. With them they have a young longhorn troll, adopted in good faith, gentle of mind, but powerful of body, named Dodafell, and Applejack's own mentor, a prim and proper stuffed toy soldier named Captain Vladimir Von Dark, 
and together they wished to attend her wake, and then quickly set about their mission to recover the damsels. En route, they encountered Gwendolyn's grandma, Ninian Crute, and a group of Chimerites from her hometown, tracking her by magic, attempting to rescue her from her kidnappers. Grandma Ninian may have misunderstood a few things. Gwen and Ninian were happily reunited, but tension quickly developed as Gwendolyn has for weeks finally been on her own and is coming into her own power, realizing how sheltered and controlled by Ninian her life has been. So after taking shelter in Thistleberry Hollow, a quaint and very weird little hamlet, Gwen snuck away to attend Sarah's wake, avoiding a confrontation and argument with Nin about whether to return home or not. This, by the way, brings the story broadly up to episode 27, Last Hours of Daylight, which would be a great place to start as it begins a new leg of the quest, so I recommend stopping here and picking up there. Still with me? Okay, let's keep on. On the way to the wake, the Nearlies encountered a traveler on an old forest path, but quickly realized something was terribly off and horribly dangerous about the man, who was indeed revealed to be a legendary hunter of heroes known only as the Gentleman Hunter. He was seeking an old foe of his, Sarah Lynn Applejack, to inquire with her why the world seemed to be devoid of heroes for him to hunt these days. The hunter seemed uninterested in the group, by and large, not realizing they themselves intend to be heroes, but smelled the stitching of Captain Von Dark, another old foe, and a pitched battle under the dark trees commenced, and then promptly ended as the Nearlies, for the first time, were utterly outmatched and all luck failed them. Martin's head was bitten clean off his shoulders, and the group fled, just barely escaping the pursuing boogeyman when he came down with a terrible stomachache. Shocked and shaken, the group reached the Applejack family manor and found that the sacred curses will indeed not let them stay dead. Watching in amazement as Martin was pulled back from beyond the Veil of Death, a little more cursed for wear. They realized that each time they partake in this part of the sacred curse's power, the curse will exert greater and greater influence over them. Pulling themselves back together, in Martin's case literally, the group presents themselves to Elida Peregrine Applejack, Applejack's very obviously wicked stepmother. They met her stepsisters, a beautiful and cold Caliantha, and the dim but lovely Daliende. They also have met her brooding, tormented father, Otax, in a dimly lit chamber within the manor, and were promptly told to go away. Other guests from Applejack's heroic past have arrived, but mostly former foes. The Cambion, a half-devil who tormented Applejack by magic to unlock her latent ability to seal evil. A cruel Thornkin Fay steward of the Queen of Spite, who Applejack once thwarted. And indeed the gentleman hunter himself, now apparently on his best manners. Also at the wake are a strange little man who just walked out of a door in the wall. Two dryadic handmaidens of the Seven Sisters, and a demented old wizard who doesn't seem to know how he got here. 
among a great deal of tension held at bay only by the rules of good etiquette and decorum, the Nearleaves have sat down to eat with this strange cadre. Each minute the tension becoming thicker and thicker, all while an ominous black pot pie looms on one end of the table. Thanks for listening to Could Have Been Heroes, production and editing by Aaron Schoenrock, theme song by Bo Hoover, and cover art by me, Robert Knutson. Could Have Been Heroes is an entirely independent podcast, so if you like the show, please subscribe and review. For exclusive content and hands-on Faritol access, head to patreon.com forward slash cbhpod. Tune in next week for more adventures, and don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at cbhpod, and check out our website, couldhavebeenheroes.squarespace.com.